admit and proclaim that all that you are, all that you shall ever be, you owe it all to the Lord. And we praise him for his grace, for his goodness. Also glad to see Brother Tommy Parker in the house on today and Sister Ladars McClaney and thank God for Sister Pauletta Washington. Let's clap our hands and praise God for their presence with us on this day. And this is a special time in the life of Elder Charles Blink II, who celebrated a birthday on this past Thursday. Thursday. And we want to praise God for his service and faithfulness and the way that he has served his father and served the church. Let's give Elder Charles Blake a happy birthday celebration. And the word of the Lord says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 22. And you know that uh, God placed in our Bible a mention of coffee. Did you know that coffee is mentioned in the word of the Lord? Well, it says that he brews. <laughs> Hebrews 10 and 22. Let us draw near with a true heart, in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us draw near. Would you repeat that after me, please? Let us draw near. You may be seated. In this great congregation on this morning, there are people of various levels and degrees, various levels of zeal, levels of fervor, levels of effectiveness and consecration. There are various kinds of sinners here on today. Don't raise your hand. And various kinds of believers or saints here today. There are some sinners who are deliberately and aggressively wicked. All they need to know is that something is wrong and they will do it. There are others who are pretty good, but there are one of our two weaknesses that have them so hung up that they will not surrender all and turn their lives over to Jesus Christ and righteousness. Still other sinners live a pretty good life as far as things that we commonly call sins are concerned. They even go to church, but they've not yet come to terms with Jesus Christ. But as Simon Peter said in Acts 4 and 12, neither is there salvation in any other. There's none of the name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved except the name of Jesus. Salvation is more than just being a nice person. On the other hand, you have different kinds of believers in the house. Some of them are on fire. Some of them are very close to God. 
Some of them are very conscientious about church attendance, witnessing, fasting, and prayer. They are liberal and they are regular in their church support. And they are sharing with the church and with those who are in need. There are some who are not too concerned about worldly possessions. If they have worldly possessions, it's all right. But if they don't, it's still all right. They are more concerned about spiritual things. And then you have others who, although they call themselves believers, are not so conscientious about church attendance, witnessing, fasting, and prayer. They're not so liberal, not so regular in their sharing with the work of the Lord. They're very involved in the pursuit of earthly things and material things. There are some who are very aggressive for Christ, while others are not so aggressive for Jesus Christ. Some are saved and they're doing all they can for Jesus. And others are saved, but they're getting out of all they can get out of and eluding everything they can elude and much responsibility as they can, they're pursuing it. They're not pursuing it. Some people, after they go down to the altar and accept Jesus Christ, attempt to have a static and stable life from that point onward. They don't want to grow. They don't want to gain spiritual strength. They're just satisfied to be saved, and they want nothing more. There are some who draw near and receive all the blessings of being close to God. Then there are some who stay on the outer fringes of the church and on the outer fringes of the Christian life, and they experience all the difficulties involved in being on the outer fringes. Among those who are saved, there are various levels of development, various levels of dedication, various levels of resolution. Some have developed and have arrived at a very close relationship with Jesus Christ. And with the many, Jesus shared work, and he shared love. With the 12 disciples, he shared ministry. With the three, he shared his struggle in the garden with Gethsemane on the Mount of Transfiguration that was Peter, James, and John. And with the one, he shared his very heart. And the Bible says that John leaned on his breast. And so even around Jesus Christ, when he was on earth, there were people of various levels of commitment around him and involved in the work that he did. And we all can relate to this because we know that there are some who are more zealous and more dedicated to God than others are. I know that there are times in our lives when all systems are go for the Lord. We feel the presence of God like a cloud. We just are on fire for him. And then there have been other times when there was not all that enthusiasm and it was a chore just to go to church. There have been times in our lives when we spiritually could take on an army. And there have been also times in our lives when we could hardly kill a fly. But the Bible says much about drawing near to God. I said the Bible says much about our drawing near to God. 
Time and time again, the Bible invites believers and worshipers to draw near. And in inviting us to draw near, the Bible establishes the possibility of degrees of closeness to the Lord. Tell your neighbor, it's possible to be close to the Lord. Let's try to answer the question, why do people accept Christ and then stay as far away from him as they possibly can? Why do they want to be in God but no closer to God than is absolutely necessary. Well, sometimes people don't want to be close to God because they are afraid that God's demands may be too great on their lives. If I get close to God, he may call me to preach, assign me to go to Russia or China or Africa to proclaim his word. He may call upon me to make some great sacrifice. So they feel that it takes too much fasting and too much praying to be close to God, too much self-control. They don't want to give up any of their ways, and so they stay far away from God because closeness to God might demand too much of them. Others don't want to come close to God because they don't want to be aware of their transparency before God. God sees clear through all of us. And if we want to get close to him and draw near to him, he will show us ourselves and show us what we need to change about our life to be pleasing in his eyes. God sees clear through all of us. He's already analyzed our personalities. He has the diagnosis for all of our ailments. The closer we get, the more God shows us about ourselves and about the cure for our spiritual ailments. Some people don't want to be cured, and so they would tend to be close to God, while in reality, they stay away from God. Matthew 15 and 8, Jesus quoted the scripture, This people draws nigh to me with their mouths, and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. And in 1 Kings 11 and 6, the Bible says that Solomon went not fully after the Lord. But when you are close to God, you can't be satisfied not being in the will of God. And so we should not be haphazard and half-hearted in this enterprise. We should dedicate our whole selves to being near to the Lord and receiving all that God has in store for us. Some people don't come close to God because of the fact that their responsibility and accountability would be more apparent to them if they were close to God. When you don't want to be held responsible, when you don't want to be held accountable, you naturally elude the presence of the one who made you responsible. Adam hid from God because he knew he had failed in his responsibility. And there are so many today who try to hide from God because they know that if they really got down to business with God, God would let them go, let them know his plan for their lives and for their experience. There are those who are not close to God because closeness to God would require distance away from everything that's not like God. And human nature 
prefers to be far away from God. I said human nature prefers to be far from God. And human nature prefers to be close to the things of the world and the things of the flesh. If the flesh is not doing wrong, it wants to be close to the possibility and the accessibility of wrong. Can I preach today? There's another factor, is that the devil, Satan, opposes our drawing near to God. Is anybody here who knows that the devil fights with all his might to keep us from drawing near to God? He knows that when we draw near to God, we become effective opponents of evil and of the devil and examples of righteousness and goodness. And so many don't come close to God because the devil has so harassed them and hindered them that they've almost given up. They say every time I try to get down to business with God, something goes wrong in my life. The devil comes like a flood upon me and pulls me with a flood of temptations that keeps me from walking in the way of the Lord. But listen, that's the devil's job to try to block you and stop you from doing the will of God and pursuing the plan of God, but pursue God anyhow. Do God's will anyhow. Make up your mind, live or die, seek or swim. You're going to hold on to your righteousness, draw nearer to God every day and in every way. Things are supposed to go wrong, but when things go wrong in the life of a person that's really hungry for the more of God, he presses down all the more and decides in his heart, I'm going to make it for Jesus Christ. Is there anybody here who has a made-up mind? You're going to do your best for the Lord. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. Some people do not draw near to God because they're just not impressed by the folk who claim to be close to God. Sometimes oddballs and people who are unusual in their behavior, their conduct, are more aggressive and loud about their faith than those who are mature in the faith of God. But listen, people are looking at you and they're observing your life. And if you are a good example of Jesus Christ and of the glory and power of God, they will accept Jesus Christ. But if you are strange and odd in your conduct and behavior, that everything about you counteracts and countervails what your witness for Jesus Christ is, then others will not be drawn to Jesus Christ. But I want somebody to come to the Lord because of my life. I want somebody to be saved because I'm saved. I want to be such a person of love and such a person of maturity and wisdom that when people see me, they'll say, I want to be like him. Does anybody want to be like you in Jesus? How many of you want God to help you be the person that you ought to be? Then there are others who don't draw nigh to God because there are so many things that pull them away from God. The world with all of its glitter and with all its pleasure this can seem to be very attractive to the natural eye. The yearning and desires of the flesh can pull you away from the will of God. There's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And I pray that everybody in this house today will make up your mind that no matter how much pressure the devil may put upon you, how much of a pull and a draw the world and sin may have on you, that I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. 
I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than anything that the world provides today. How many of you want to be in the Lord and with Jesus Christ and in his will? Come on, give God praise. But then let me say that there are dangers of not being close to the Lord. Will you look toward your neighbor and say there are dangers of not being close to God. We must not allow the glitter of the world to hide the dangers of not being close to God. The first danger of not being close to God is that God wants us close. Tell your neighbor, God wants us to be close. Hallelujah. The almighty God, the omnipotent God, the God that created us, the God that made the world, the God in whose hand all of us live and exist. In him we live and move and have our being. That God wants us close. And listen, when we are not in the will of God, in the plan of God, then we're exposed to the things that can destroy us and bring our lives to nothing. God wants us to follow him closely. And if God didn't want us close, we would be all right, be good. Man is always in danger, though, when he lives in opposition to the will of God. And if God wants you close, you better get busy trying to be close unto the Lord. How many of you know I'm right? How many of you know I'm telling the truth? God wants to be, us to be fully committed and fully involved in his will. He neither enjoys nor will he accept half-hearted service and half-hearted worship. Can I say that again? God does not enjoy half-hearted service and he will not accept half-hearted service. When you worship God, you better worship him with your whole heart, your whole being, all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your strength. There was a church in the book of Revelation. That church was called Laodicea. And Jesus spoke to that church and said, listen, I've got something against you because you are neither hot and you're not cold, you're lukewarm. And because you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. How many of you don't like lukewarm coffee or lukewarm tea? You don't like lukewarm anything. You want it to be either hot or you want it to be cold, but not somewhere in the middle. And God says, I want you to be hot. I want you to be on fire for me. I want you to be committed to my way, to my will, to my glory. And if you are not, then your worship is unacceptable to me. And then there was another church called the Ephesian church. And the Lord Jesus spoke to that church and said, listen, I've got something against you because you don't love me as much as you once loved me. You distance yourself from me. I get no joy from your praise, no joy from your worship. And so child of God, if you're lukewarm, if you don't love God like you once loved him, if you don't realize how much God has done for you, then you're distant from God and God is displeased with your worship. But how many in here want to be sure that you give God the worship that he deserves? The praise, the glory, bless the Lord, oh my soul, all that is within me, bless his holy name. Let's take a praise break 
and give God some fiery, on fire for God, praise and worship. Come on and praise him. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. I said it's dangerous not to be close to God. When you're not close to God, the danger is that the devil and the wolf will snatch away those that are on the outskirts. The lamb that's closest to the shepherd is seldom the lamb that's taken away by the wolf. The lamb that is distant on the outskirts of the flock, not in the eyes and the control of the shepherd, is quickly destroyed by the ravenous beast that might come upon the flock. But if you, if you want to really make it for God and really live for God, get close to God as you can. Hallelujah. When you get close to God, the devil would not dare come into the very presence and protective power of God to bring you down. He can't get to you when you're holding on to Jesus Christ. Has anybody made up your mind that you want to be so close to God that the devil doesn't even try to come in to that territory that God controls because he knows that he would be destroyed and depowered, taken, taken away if he were to seek to do that which would be damaging to you. So the lamb closest to the shepherd is selling the one that's taken away by the wolf. And so, child of God, you need to draw near to God. Get close to God. God will protect you. God will keep you. He will keep them in perfect peace whose minds are stayed on God. Is your mind stayed on and focused on God? Have you made up your mind? I want to get so close to God that the devil cannot snatch me away. Come on, clap your hands and give praise to the Lord. Another danger of not being close to God is spiritual anemia, spiritual weakness. Our direct result of a lack of close fellowship to God is the fact that we quickly become weak. We quickly become discouraged. Are you one who can hardly endure the trials of the day? Are you one who has great difficulty surviving for the Lord even day by day? But it is because you're not close enough to God to tap into the mainstream of spiritual power, to reach out and hold to those things that God can provide for you. God will keep you. God will enable you. God will deliver you from temptation and trials if you hold on to him. When the trial comes on heavy and great, God will come to give us strength and he will not allow anything to come upon us that's more than we can deal with and more than we can bear. Come on, clap your hands and praise God. It's dangerous not to be close to God because the further you are from God, the easier it is to drift away from God. A failure does not just come upon us all at once. Sometimes we fail because we weaken in our resolve. We distance ourselves from the worship and praise of God. And degree by degree, we began to slack off in our commitment to God. And finally, we are far from God. In Luke 22 and 54, when Jesus was captured by the Sanhedrin court, Peter followed Jesus afar off. 
he stayed in the distance. Even though Jesus had been captured and was about to be crucified, Peter stood in the distance and observed and sought to see what was going on. But not only do we see him following Jesus afar off, later on we see him sitting in the midst of the crowd and warming by their fire. Degree by degree, he distanced himself. We hear him saying in reference to Jesus, I know him not. And in reference to being a disciple, he said, I am not. And then we hear him cursing like a sailor and denying that he ever knew the Lord Jesus. And finally, we see him weeping bitterly and crying bitter tears of remorse and regret. You don't leave God all at once. You leave God degree by degree. And so it's dangerous to be far from God because to leave God's presence is also to leave God's protection. How many of you know you're under the umbrella of the Lord's protection? As long as you're holding on to God and seeking God, God protects you. God will sustain you. God will keep you. But when you step out of God's will, you also step outside of the circle of God's blessing. But when you're walking in God's blessing and in God's will, be not dismayed. For they are betide, God will take care of you. How many of you know God will take care of you? I know his eyes are on the sparrow. And I know he watches over me. Come on and praise God. But I'm almost through now. Somebody may ask, how may I draw near to God? How can I be closer to the Lord? Well, number one, if you want to draw near to God, you need to be born again. You need to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You need to believe without a doubt that he died on a cross for you, that he rose up again on the third day. How many of you know Jesus is alive? He has arisen from the dead. And if Jesus is alive, God can do anything. If God could raise up Jesus, there is nothing that God cannot do. And when you get in the circle of God's will, God protects you. God will take care of you. And so if you want to be close to God, you need to be born again. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 says, If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away, and all things have become new. When you accept the Lord Jesus, he comes into your life. He changes your life. How many of you know that there's a great change when Jesus comes? into your life. There's a great change when Jesus shows up. Is anybody saved today? Hallelujah. If you want to be close to God, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power. Acts 1 and 8. When the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, and unto the othermost part of the world. Listen, how many of you have the power of God at work in your life? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power 
and of a sound mind. And so you need the baptism of the Holy Ghost at work in your life. There is an experience where God comes into your life in power. He shows up and you're taken to a higher level than you've ever reached before. That experience is the baptism in the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Ghost shows up, the Bible says he's a comforter and he will guide us into the way of all truth. It's possible to be so close to God that God directs you in all of your going. He shows you the pathway in which you're to walk. And you step back from it and say, I don't know how I was able to do that. I don't know how I was able to navigate that. But the Holy Ghost showed up. How many of you want the Holy Ghost to show up in your life? Holy Ghost, show up in power, show up in might. In the name of Jesus, if you want to draw near to God, strive to live a holy and a righteous life. The Bible says, follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. God wants his people to be holy. But not only does he want us to be holy, he will enable us to live holy. You can do it in the name of Jesus. And as you walk that holy walk, God draws near unto you and he gives you life, strength, and stability. If you want to draw near to God, then learn how to pray and be a person of prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Take it to Jesus. He will fix it. He will work it out. Does anybody in here know the power of prayer? God will answer your prayer. If you pray, God will turn your life around. If you pray, God will bless you. If you pray, you can become the person that God would have you to be. But also, if you want to draw near to God, then study the word of God. The psalmist said, I would have perished if I had not known thy law, if I didn't know your word. The reason I was able to make it because I know the word of God. And the psalmist said, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my pathway. I'm almost through here. Pray with me for a while longer. But if you want to draw near to the Lord, learn how to worship God and learn how to praise God. That's why we get noisy sometimes when we come to the house of the Lord because the Lord is worthy. He's worthy of our praise. He's worthy of our worship. Praise invites God to environment in your life. If you praise him, God has a way of showing up. God inhabits the praises of his people. God shows up when we praise him. We can draw near to God because God draws near to us when we lift our hands, open our mouths, and give praise to God. Let's take a praise break. Give God praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. He's so good. Come on, give God praise. Praise Him. Praise Him. 
one more thing, then I'm through. Why is it good to draw near to God? Come on, tell your neighbor it's good to draw near unto God. It's good to draw near to God because your soul longs to live in the presence of the Lord. I cried and I cried, moaned and I moaned, searched and I searched, but I just couldn't be contented until I found the Lord. I found him and I'm glad and I never shall be sad. I've tasted the love divine He's in this heart of mine. I found him. How many of you are glad you found him? In Psalm 16 and verse 11, the Bible says, In thy presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. Hallelujah. I was sad. I was low. But I got in the presence of God and I had fullness of joy and pleasure evermore. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. So glad that I know you. So glad in my heart, in my life. Praise the Lord. Pleasure and joy came when the Lord came in. If you want to be happy, don't take drugs or alcohol. Get a good dose, good dose of Jesus Christ, and your life will never be the same again. And I got a witness to anybody who knows when Jesus showed up, when Jesus showed up, joy showed up, when Jesus showed up, peace showed up. Come on, praise him. Oh, joy. Oh, joy, yes, joy in this troubled world, in this distressed world. Nothing but God can help us keep our sanity. Nothing but God can sustain us and keep us going. The reason I don't look like what I've been through is that God has been involved in my life. He took me over. He took me through. He took me by. Every trial that came my way, I can still smile. I can still be a hallelujah. Anyhow, person, I can still keep on going because the Lord is my strength and he's a very present help in time of trouble. If he's helping you, if he's showing you the way, give him praise, give him praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Get close to God. I said, get close to God. But only those who are close receive God's best. I said, only those who are close receive God's best. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things shall be added unto you. The way to the top, the way to victory is not to seek the top or to seek victory, but seek God and God will carry you to the top. All things work together for good to them that love the Lord. 
to them who are the call according to his purpose. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, if you reach out for God, God will take you higher than you ever dreamed you could go. Stand up in the house of God. Help me praise him. Praise him. Praise him by his power, by his might, by his grace. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I love you. Lord, I praise you. I just want to know you. I want to walk in your way. Draw me nearer every day. Draw me nearer in every way. Lord, I bless your name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless, bless, bless his holy name. If God's been good to you, praise him. If God's been great to you, bless his name. Stand up, everybody. Give God praise. your hands and praise him. Say, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to draw nigh to you. Lord, I want to walk in your presence, walk in your power. Lord, I want to go higher. Every day, I want to know you better. Every day, I want your presence and power to be at work in my life. Hallelujah. Stand up and praise him. Yes. 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 Yes, you way. Hallelujah. Everybody stand, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Presence of the Lord is here right now. You can be close to God. You can have the power, the anointing of God at work in your life. You don't have to leave here like you came. Spirit of the Lord is still the same. You won't leave here like you came. The power, the presence of God can cause you to rise to a level that you never thought possible. All your sins can be forgiven. You can draw near unto the Lord. God makes it possible for you to draw near to him. When Jesus hung on the cross, 
when he died for us. There was a veil, a curtain in the temple that was rent in twain when Jesus gave up the ghost, when he died for us. The veil in the temple was rent from the top to the bottom, not from the side to the other side because that would only have removed half of it, not from the bottom to the top because that would have meant that we somehow had been able to make gain access unto God. But it was rent from the top to the bottom as if God reached down and tore it asunder where the Holy of Holies could be readily accessed. The Ark of the Covenant was available to the people of the Lord. And child of God, the veil has been rent in twain. We have not a high priest cannot be touched by the feeling of our infirmities, but who was tempted in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. You can't be so wicked that you can't come to God. You cannot have failed God in such a way that you cannot come to God. Whosoever will can gain access to the throne of grace and find mercy and grace to help in the time of need. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord Jesus, you decide that you want to be close to God. You want God to be at work in your life. You want to live for God. You want to know God. You want to be so close that God will take responsibility and accountability for your life. You want God to be your constant companion, your guide and your Lord. If you're here today and say, I want my sins forgiven, I want to establish a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If that's you, would you raise your hand and as your way of saying, preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to give my life to the Lord Jesus. I need a change in my life. If that's you, lift that hand high so that I can see it. I'm the only one looking. Only one looking. Just lift that hand right now. Say, preacher, pray for me. I want to be saved. I want to know Jesus. I want to be forgiven. The Lord, you see those hands uplifted. By your grace, by your mercy, you brought us together in this place. And dear Lord, we've come because we love you. We want to please you. We want to do your will. We're going to do that, dear Lord, which you would say, well done to us. Help us, oh God, that we can be pleasing in your sight. Help us, dear Lord, that your power might come into our lives in a special way. Those who have lifted their hands, dear Lord, or if they did not lift their hands, Dear Lord, come into their lives. Set them free. Everybody repeat this prayer after me, please. Dear Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Please forgive me for the wrong I've been and the wrong I've done. I really want to be saved. I want Jesus Christ to be my Lord. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe he died for me. I believe he arose from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord 
and my Savior. And I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I am forgiven. I have new life in the name of Jesus. Clap your hands and thank God. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. All over the room, give him praise. Give him thanksgiving. Hallelujah. If you lifted your hand, or even